It's a Sound of Hockey bonus episode, ladies and gentlemen. This one, I guess it's episode 146.5. We're calling this one the Jonathan Quick episode. Why are we calling it that, John? Uh, because amazingly, <laughs> so, to everybody's surprise, he's exposed mm-hmm. in the expansion draft. Yeah, I didn't. Every, uh, every, everybody's surprised? Well, some people everybody are. Everybody <laughs> that doesn't listen to or read Sound of Hockey. Right. Uh, you know, both. I didn't actually say that we were going to call this one the Jonathan Quick episode. I just uh, sprung that on John a little bit. But uh, so this is a bonus episode. I am Darren Brown at Darren Fun Brown on the Twitter, joined as always by Andy Eide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm at Andy Ide on the Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. I'm NHL2Seattle on the Twitter, and my mentions are exploding by the minute. (laughs) Uh, We are coming to you from Seattle. John and Andy are in Seattle. I'm actually in Los Angeles right now. Uh, It's lovely. I've been scouting Jonathan Quick. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) I've been spending a little time in a pool down here. And uh, just so you all are aware, I have gotten out of the pool now, uh, and I am recording this podcast in kind of a dark room in the house rather than being in the sun in the pool. Um, So I just want you all to understand the sacrifice that I'm making currently for you all. I also want you to understand uh, that once again, my birthday has passed and I did not get any birthday wishes from Andy or John. Uh, So that's three years in a row now, gentlemen. It was yesterday. I know. Damn it. It was yesterday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Uh, John's consistent. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, actually, the real reason that I'm here, we've been celebrating my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, which nice. is which is pretty cool. So uh, good on them. I asked them what their secret was. They said the problem with most relationships these days is communication, uh, too much communication. So less communication. Okay, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have a lot to talk about, and we're going to try to keep it short. Uh, we, you know, we were just like, hey, there's so much happening. And the world is so ablaze with Kraken talk that we need to be a part of it. So let's do a short little bonus episode, talk through some of the stuff that's happening. Uh, we're shooting from the hip a little bit more than we normally do with a regular episode. So bear with us. But uh, we hope that we can get you as much info as possibly uh, is helpful to you. So let's do it. Let's start with the trades that happened in the lead up here to this weekend. There was a pretty big flurry of activity as every GM around the league tried to wheel and deal and prepare his team for, you know, it stinks that I don't have to say his or her team for the uh, upcoming expansion draft as they tried to uh, just get things in place before the roster freeze. So uh, I was curious if either of you or, well, I'm guessing both of you probably had at least one or two trades that really stuck out for you as being something that uh, maybe you didn't expect or, or maybe that sent some ripples throughout the league. Well, there were a couple for yeah. me. Um, you know, one thing I did not like to see is Ryan Graves getting traded to New Jersey. Yeah, yeah that was a bit of a bummer, definitely. Yeah, because that was, you know, Colorado was in a tough spot, but got Eric Johnson to waive his no-move clause, and so then uh, Devontae's would be protected, and then kind of what we think is the fifth defenseman on that team, Ryan Graves, uh, was then traded to New Jersey. But you know what? That, that does put New Jersey in a tough spot because now Will Butcher or – PK Subban could be selected from the, from the team and they're both they're both exposed. So mm-hmm. so that was one. Andy, you got any? Well, the Aiden Hill thing not only bummed me out a little bit, but also was surprised. I didn't see that coming. So Aiden Hill is a goalie that I kind of wanted the Seattle to get as as a guy who's an up and comer. And I think we all talked about him a lot over the last year. And he gets traded to San Jose, so that and they protected him. So 
Aiden Hill will not be coming to Seattle to take over the former Portland Winterhawk. Mm-hmm. This really doesn't have that much to do with Seattle, but I thought Ryan Ellis going to Philadelphia was quite interesting. That's a big, big name to be on the move. Uh, and then Cody Glass moving as well. So there was uh, a decent amount of activity that happened more than I thought was going to um, play out. Definitely. You could tell wait, that the... Wait, 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 oh. wait, 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 wait. You missed the biggest trade of them all. Okay. Andrew Ladd. Oh, right, right. Yeah, he jo- <laughs> that's a good point. He joins Marion Hosa, Pavel Datsu, uh, Chris Pronger. Well, right. for the record, he's still playing. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just played uh, the entire year in the AHL last year. Yeah. But uh, and if I you th- don't, <laughs> I think that trade it wasn't it like Lad plus three draft picks for absolutely nothing. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. taking the salary off their hands. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It like literally has absolutely nothing to do with Seattle. Right. Um, but it does actually clear a bunch of cap space and the Islanders actually, they moved Nick Letty as well. And that kind of created a lot more cap space. So they're not as vulnerable as they were before uh, the week started. So it does impact Seattle. So Seattle could have exploited that situation had yeah. they needed to clear some cap space. So yeah. anyway, it was just more of a funny trade than anything. It was. <laughs> you know, those trades, as they were coming in, I was like, holy crap. I think all the people that I was in interested in the Kraken drafting are now pretty much like protected somehow. And then the expansion list actually started to trickle in through the media and you're like, okay, you know, I can see that better. Okay. I can see that. All right. I can see it. (laughs) And then all of a sudden uh, it was like, wait a minute. Like there's a lot of really, really legit talent that's being left exposed here. And some of it is unrealistic like totally unrealistic because of the cap hits that they're going to bring. And you can really only pick like, I'd say one or two of those guys, right. With the big cap hits. But still, mm-hmm. there's a lot to pick from for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, some exciting names, and we're going to get to those in just a bit with a nice game of uh, interesting or carry on. One thing that did play out, uh, at least through the media, and I thought that this was definitely intriguing, was the fact that Pierre Lebrun was reporting that all signs were pointing towards Chris Drieger signing with the Kraken, which I don't really understand because this was before the negotiating window opened. So <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Somehow they, <laughs> yeah. they, they hammered out a deal without even talking. That's cool. Yeah, That's so really certainly cool. That's efficient. Right. Yeah. Nothing official at this point, but I thought that that was interesting. What were your guys' thoughts on uh, seeing Chris Drieger's name so heavily rumored? I, I know we've had him tabbed for a long time. Yeah. Now. I mean, that that little bit about it being before the, the window aside, that's not shocking, right? I mean, we all kind of were looking at that guy as a potential. He's going to leave Florida because he can't stay there, obviously. But right. um, I wouldn't be against it, especially the way the goalie market has changed here in a matter of like a day. <laughs> um, yeah, and, so I, I, I'm, not, I'm not against Chris Jigger coming here. I still think you need some other veteran goalies, though, because he's a little bit unproven. Yeah, yeah and Florida Florida doesn't really have much to offer. So there's no real yeah. like, you know, opportunity cost of selecting him versus somebody else so it's probably makes sense that that they would go after him assuming that's that rumor is true now so somebody asked ron francis about the the rumor about drager being signed or or targeted on saturday during the press conference and he kind of flat out denied it well he didn't deny it he just said i'm not going to comment on anything out there but he kind of was pretty poker faced and which he usually does pretty well i don't know if they can theoretically even talk to them unless they got approval which is possible that's could be the scenario in which they talk to them. Got it. Okay. That press conference was funny because at this point, like, you know, what's left to hide for Francis? And he didn't tell us anything on that press conference. Nope. <laughs> was the one thing that I thought there was like a little bit of like read between the lines on it is uh, I think it was Ryan Clark asked about Vladimir Tarasenko. And the rumor at that point, it was still a rumor that he was going to be exposed. Obviously, we know now that he is, in fact, exposed. 
who could have guessed that? Am I right? Yeah, uh, I know. He did kind of say like, well, I can't really comment on that because we don't know if he's actually exposed yet. It, it wasn't really a no comment. It was kind of like clearly there's at least some interest there because we don't actually know yet if he's exposed. And if he is exposed, then we're clearly going to have a conversation about it at least. So, but there, I mean, there's not much. There, there was not much to come out of that press conference. He is... Man, he is one of the better uh, GMs out there at keeping his cards close to his vest. There's no question about it. But uh, we'll see what what happens here in the coming days. It's going to be a very, very fun week. Uh, so excited for Wednesday to see, you know, who the Kraken ultimately draft. Much better list of talent than I expected to see at this point, certainly. Uh, and that's fun. And that does bring us to our game of interesting or carry on. Uh, so we're going to pick and choose here. I'm going to pick and choose, I should say, from the list of available players that's out there. And we're just going to ask John and Andy if they think it's interesting to talk about or if we should just carry on. So let's start with that aforementioned star forward Vladimir Tarasenko. Interesting or carry on? I think I think he's interesting because of his talent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think you have to you have to look into that. I, you know, he he obviously has not he's had some injury problems, but he's still young. He's what twenty nine. Yeah, and loaded with talent. So if you if you're convinced that he's healthy, that would be a, an amazing pickup that we probably didn't see a year ago as right. being a possibility. Right, and he is truly like a star star forward. Right, yeah. if he's healthy. Now, one of the things that we talked about last week was the situation with his shoulder, where he's had multiple sol- surgeries on it, and. The reason he wanted out of St. Louis is because the doctors didn't fix the problem. And he ended up finding another surgeon that allegedly did fix the problem. So you have to think like he's he's probably coming back healthier than he has been, at least. So. You would hope. Yeah. So here's the thing. And I was big on Tarasenko last week when we talked about him yeah. because been kind of talking that he he could be exposed. And at that salary, it's a risk. But Vince Dunn is also available in St. Louis yeah. and he's a lot younger He's in RFA, so that means that whatever team owns his rights right now at St. Louis has to kind of extend a qualifying offer to him. And I think he's he's going to be a higher price ticket for them, and that's why they exposed him. So I'm leaning toward Vince Dunn out of St. Louis. If I if all things being equal, if I don't know you know the grand scheme of things, but Vince Dunn is probably a safer bet there, and I just don't want to blow that salary cap advantage just yet. Right. Um, and I think we want to hold some of that back. Interesting. Uh, I've loved Tarasenko forever as far as like as a player. So I'm going to, I would pick him if I had the choice. I like him too. I'm yeah. not going to be unhappy if we select him, but you know, the risk is there and, and Vince Dunn's actually a, a pretty good option as well. The one thing about Vince Dunn though, it, it seems that and he's a D-man, right? Yep. And it, it seems like there's a lot of D-men available, more D-men than quality forwards. So I wonder how much that would weigh into that if you're choosing between those two guys. If, if Tarasenko was a forward, it might be more valuable right now. Okay, well, what about signing uh, Landis Gog, right? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I yeah. mean, like, it's the same salary, Obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah, In a way, right, yeah. to your point, there you got to look at the landscape of everything. So yes. it's like kind of pulling it all together and saying, okay, then where are we weak? Where are yep, our strengths? Exactly. And maybe shift things around. And I, and I like this in a lot, too. I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I just wonder how that'll play out if... You know, if they get defensemen elsewhere, might they be willing to take a risk on a Tarasenko? All right, this is yeah. going to be the longest game of interesting or carry on ever. <laughs> I'm going to lump <laughs> together five 
Tampa Bay Lightning players, and yes, we are going to confirm that this is interesting. Yanni Gord, Tyler Johnson, Matthew Joseph, Andre Palat, Alex Kalorn. Can we get all of them somehow? Is that possible? Yeah, let's just uh, wrap them up and uh, like <laughs> disregard Dallas. Yeah, yeah and we're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I think Palat is the obvious choice there. Let's see if there's anything that comes out of a side. You know, we've always had them tabbed as a side deal candidate. So let's see if there's something that happens to yeah. get the Kraken oh, to man. keep their tentacles off any of those players. I, I, like, I'm getting chills thinking there. about Palat. Yeah. I mean, even Yanni Gord, if you don't get Palat, but you get Yanni Gord, that's not too bad either. Right. <laughs> why, not too, right? why not both? Why not both? Uh, why not Palat, Johnson, and Cal Foot? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Oh, my God. So yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs now have an interesting situation because they picked up Jared McCann in the lead up, but now they've exposed him. So now they have Jared McCann and Alex Kerfoot uh, to protect, and they're not protecting either of them. So which of those two would you take? To me, they're, they're one and the same. So uh, yeah. honestly, I think it's obviously one of those guys. So, yeah. um, but I, I, that is the entire point of what, you know, why they made that trade is they essentially did a side deal. They just happened to do it with Pittsburgh. Right. So um, I say Kerfoot, cool. but I don't know McCann that well, yep. to be honest. Jonathan Drouin, interesting or carry on? I'm going to flip the script a bit. Okay. And out of Montreal, you go after Deneau oh. and sign Deneau. He's a, he's a UFA. Right. So he's like kind of flying under the radar on, on most projections. But man, can you imagine getting him? I like Duran if if Deneau's not available, but there's obviously risk and we don't really know his current status. So that that's kind of a pretty big wild card out there that we have no idea. And I don't even know how the Kraken can get more information other than kind of sleuthing, which is probably what they need to do. Right. Uh, I mean, there is also the wrinkle of Carey Price being available, which... The hockey world oh is a buzz about Carey Price, let me tell you, and I think a lot of people really want the Kraken to pick him. I think I'm in the same boat as you guys. I was a little on the fence when I first saw it. I was like, oh, you know, if you had Carey Price, like he literally just carried a pretty mediocre team to the Stanley Cup final. And yeah, he's a $10.5 million cap hit, but is it worth it to maybe consider? I, you know, the more I've thought about it, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think it's worth bringing in Carey Price at 10.5 cap hit, but I had to think about it a little bit. I think you two saw it and you were like, oh my God, absolutely not. Let's not do this. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. And it's not his cap hit, although it's huge, 10 million. Mm-hmm. It's the term left. He's got yeah. like four or five more years on his deal. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And Matt's my big concern. He's been decent during the regular season but we have recency bias where we're just thinking about his playoff run yeah so i i like him as a goalie unless there's some some heavy side deals like including retaining salary to be honest i think there's a scenario where they already have a side deal in place that's why he's exposed Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of framing it as this like oh we're just protecting jake allen um so keep an eye on that i would be stunned if we just select him outright that's that's kind of my take yeah the Nashville Predators are have an interesting lineup here. Matt Duchesne, Kelly Yarncroft, and Ryan Johansson of their forward crew. So who do you take out of those three? Well, there's some money to spend there, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to spend it. Nope, you don't. Oh. You take Yarncroft. Yeah, because, okay. I mean, come on, let's face it. Kraken, Yarncroft. Yeah. We got to select him. You're right. right? It's, <laughs> Kelly Yarncroft. It's, it's on brand. But it's funny. I've I've been saying that for for ages i'm like oh it'd be so good to get a player like yarn crock on the on the team so uh we can make it happen now yeah. so i've noticed by the way as we're going through this interesting or carry on that we've kind of changed the format unintentionally because i'm like naming a bunch of players and then asking you guys who to pick and that's not really how we've played it in the past but like i said we're shooting from the hip with this episode so <laughs> just bear with us uh next we're moving up to the aisle josh ba 
Bailey, Jordan Eberle. Either of those interest you, gentlemen? I like Josh Bailey. I've yeah. always kind of liked him. Okay. Yeah, I, I like Bailey as well. I um I was pretty psyched that he was available. We'll have to learn the song that they sing, right? In the, they have a song for him that the crowd sings. Okay. What oh, is it? Oh, crap. I don't yeah. know. We'll have to learn it, but I know there's a song. All right. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk and Jacob Voracek in Philadelphia. I think these are definitely interesting. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the maneuvering by the Flyers, it really looked like they were trying to get themselves into a situation where they were going to be able to protect James Van Riemsdyk. JVR is legitimately one of those guys that we've had tabbed for like, what, two years now that we thought could be available. And, you know, there's not like when we were looking through these things, we didn't expect there to be a lot of scoring power available. Right. So no. JVR mm-hmm. was always one of the few guys who were like, well, if there's scoring power, it's going to come from JVR. You know, he's not protected. We thought he was going to be uh, in the last few days and now he's not. So I'd, I'd maybe consider it with JVR. I've always yeah. considered him yeah. to be a good option. Seven million dollar cap hit. So that's mm. pretty healthy. But yeah. you're, you're right. He's scores goals uh one thing that's nice is he's only got two years left on his deal so like the risk is really it's not like a long-term risk like carry price where you got to pay it regardless for the next six years or whatever but so i like that pick and i like that he can score and you kind of need that yeah and he's, he's more of a goal scorer at least last year they had to say he and vorchek if that's your choice they had the same number of points last year, um, but 17 goals and nine goals for Van Ringsdyke. But I think the ultimate thing that puts them apart is the is the term on their contracts. They both have big contracts, as John said. The one the the shorter term I, I'd go for in this case because yeah. Yeah. there's going to start being some decline. Here's one for you, Jason Zucker. Interesting or carry on? That gets into carry on. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'd do it. Uh, one thing I'll say is like a lot of these kind of past. I don't want to do a minutia thing here, but like him and Nino Niederreiter, uh, if they're good players, there's somebody within the Kraken organization who knows it, right? Because knows it really well. Knows yeah. it really, really well. Um, one thing I do know is Victor Rask for Nino Niederreiter was a very unpopular trade back in the day, and it was unpopular with the analytics staff uh, for the Minnesota Wild at the time. And guess mm-hmm. who was on that analytics staff was Alex Mandricki. So <laughs> uh, yeah. Niederreiter leaving was not well-liked by the analytics staff. I do remember that. That's interesting. We'll see how she feels about those two players if, if it's worth um, taking either of them. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff, Adam Henrique, either of those interesting, <laughs> or do we carry on? I, I've always liked Adam Henrique. I don't know how, how much he has left, but... Um, I've always liked him well, as a player. The, did the Ducks try to wave him last year at one point? And Maybe. No so, one took him up? It's not about what happened last year, Andy. It's about what's happening moving forward. <laughs> Those so, two don't do a lot for me. Obviously, Getz, not only Getzlaff, the, the, he wouldn't sign here. but mm-hmm. Yeah, I would go to Josh Mahura in defense. He's 23 years old, kind of split the season with the AHL, but he's got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. He was a third rounder from 2016. I think he's uh, he's the pick in Anaheim, to be honest. What does uh, Hayden Flurry do for you? I was a little surprised he was exposed. You know, he's he's a couple years older. A little more experience. Yeah, but he's not hasn't really produced much, you nope. know. And I haven't seen much out of him. So another person who's exposed we didn't talk about is Shattenkirk. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I Flurry. like Mahara. I'd pass on those other guys. Flurry was also picked by Ron Francis in the NHL draft at one point. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. That if he still really likes him or not. Hey, one thing I do want to call out is I don't know about you guys, but I was blown away how accurate 
our projections have been. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> like, even the trades, you're like, man, that's the guy I had pinned, or mm-hmm. that's the guy we thought. And then I'm looking through, I'm comparing our projections versus the actual list, and a lot of them I'm like, okay, we missed one on that team, yeah. right? I do want to kind of pat everybody who did those for us on the back. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Like to see how close we were, and it's like, oh, crap, we do know what we're talking about. Ooh, good bleeping there. <laughs> Here's a big one for you. You ready? Should I do a drum roll, maybe? Let's go. Max Domi. <laughs> that was a surprise that he was un- unprotected. Yeah. But it could just be because I'm biased towards his earlier start in his career instead of the last couple of years, which hasn't been I, as productive. You know, the, I saw a lot of the analytics community online be like, well, that's a no-brainer. Take him. Yeah. There's some health questions. I think he might miss the first yes, uh, month. month or two of the next season. So I'll take a, it. Definite. He, and he, you know, risk. he's only got one year left on his deal, mm-hmm. just so you yep. know. So, yeah. so if he flames out, that's no, you let him go. So, those are all the kind of the big name forwards that are out there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some defense now. Mark Giordano, interesting or carry on? Well, interesting. I think you're, book it. Yeah. yeah. Your, your choice in Calgary is either him as a veteran or take a younger guy like Shillington, who hasn't really done too much yet in his career, but he's still young. Mm-hmm. So, I go with Giordano. Nikita Zadorov, the Chicago Blackhawks, interesting or carry on? He's a guy that we kind of talked about before he got traded to Chicago, isn't it? That we kind of yep, circled a little Colorado, bit yep. when he was in Colorado. So what's, what are the other options there? Calvin DeHaan? Yeah, which I don't like that one much. I'd stay away nah. from that one. I like Zadorov too. I think there's a lot of – there's like a mean streak in him. I think he's a pretty solid defenseman that can do kind of you know second pair, third pair situation. Um, so I think he's the best option out of Chicago. I like that pick. Talked about Vince Dunn. How about Travis Dermott up in Toronto? Would you consider that over Alex Kerfoot? Or Jared McCann? No, no. Carry on. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Brendan Dillon and Justin Schultz, friend of the pod, Dilly Dilly from the Washington Capitals. Yeah, I know. I hope it's hard for me. It's hard for me to untie that that bias because he's such a good guy, Seattle guy, and but there's still a Vitek Vanacek out there. There's also uh, Connor Sheary. I think is exposed by Washington, which might be worth your time. I don't know. You know, Brendan Dillon. I've always really, really liked him as a player, and obviously Mm -hmm. we like him as a person. So, and before we move on, I think there's one more roster that we like haven't really dug into that we do need to dig into a little bit. The Carolina Hurricanes, Ron Francis's former team, they have a lot of talent exposed there. There's Jake Bean, there's Morgan Geeky, uh, Jake Gardner. I think is he a UFA, but he's out there. Uh, who else is out there? From Dougie Hamilton is exposed because he's a UFA. Warren Fogle did get protected, so he's not out there. But there was a lot of speculation that he would be protected. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I think this pick uh, lives and dies with the Tri-City American duo of Morgan Geeky <laughs> and Jake Bean. Either of them would be good. I think Jake Bean's probably the pick here. Uh, he's kind of shown some promise. And and I love Geeky, and I'd be happy with Geeky, but he hasn't quite shown his full potential in the NHL, so there's a little risk there. So I, I think Bean is the pick. The question on Geeky, again, I, I, I'm happy with either of those guys. Like John said, I, I would not complain. The question on Geeky, I think, is, is his lack of, like, production because he's been relegated to lower as the bottom six just because of who else that on that team or is that yep. just where he you know well if he comes to seattle is he a top six guy uh because they want to maybe have as much talent so those are the kind of things that the seattle the kraken are gonna have to weigh trying to project where he is could he end up in the long term being better than bean i don't know it's hard to say bean did play pretty well last year and has an ahl defenseman of the year award under his belt as well so uh, tough call there, but one that I don't think you can mix up really bad. Yep. All right. And before we close out our show, we do need to spend a few minutes chatting about netminders. Now, let's just assume. 
that we do. We do indeed. This is an important <laughs> part of the nothing. team that we're building here, Andy. Okay. Uh, Chris Drieger, let's just assume that he is signing, that the reports are accurate, that he's going to be the pick out of Florida. Who are your other two guys? I mean, you have the Braden Holtbees out there. You have, we mentioned Carey Price. Ben Bishop has waived his no movement clause, although there's a ton of health issues there. Uh, I have no interest in Jonathan Quick. Capo Kakinen could be interesting, but I think Carson Soucy is the pick from Minnesota. Uh, what do you guys think? Where do we land here with the goal crease? It's tough. I I, I don't want any part of Ben Bishop. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. I don't I don't want to touch that. I have a feeling it's going to be Holpe. I don't know. I, I've just there's been some rumors that Seattle's talked to Vancouver about Holpe. I don't know that I want it to be Holpe. He did not have a very good year last year. He played a little bit better after uh, Demko got hurt, after all that COVID stuff that Vancouver was dealing with. He kind of carried that team a little bit as far as you know, they didn't win a bunch of games, but they were they were better. So, I mean, I don't know that he would be terrible. If you have a younger guy like Dreger and Holpe as your top two tandem, is that the worst thing in the world? No, I like it. Uh, they do have to pick three goalies, right? So I wonder if, if Vanacek also gets a call, and then at least you have two up-and-coming guys that can, in theory, be starters in, in Dreger and Vanacek if one of them pans out. Mm-hmm. But then you have a little bit more known quantity in uh, Brayden Holtby. So I don't hate that combo. I think that's my trio. If I'm picking three goalies, I think I'd go Drieger, Vanacek, and uh, Brayden Holtby. So based on what's out there. Similar lines. I'm not writing in Drieger yet. So okay. I think it's it's Drieger, Vanacek, and then Kakinen. Okay. That's a lot of youth. No, you select two of those guys. Mm. And then honestly, I'd almost go like somebody who's the youngest goalie I can find. Hmm. And you try to ride those two young guys as the starters. Yeah. I mean, I, I like your thinking on that. I, you know, having a combination of two younger, still somewhat unproven goalies, but who have shown that they can play in the NHL plus a veteran. I think it's a good plan. You know, um, I, I think we always kind of expected there to be two more veteran goalies plus one young guy was kind of how yeah. I envisioned it. But you know, if you get a Vanacek plus a Kakanen or a, Drieger, you know, I think there's I think there's some real value there, both for now and in the future. The one thing I wanted to pan out is Buffalo exposing Linus Olmark. Yeah. So yeah. he's a UFA. That means he goes to free agency, obviously, but Seattle doesn't have the opportunity to talk to him ahead of time. Now, I don't know why Buffalo would protect him other than they think they can sign him in the next 10 yep. days before free agency opens up, which... I think is uh, wishful thinking. I mean, they've had a full year to kind of do that, and they they haven't. But there is I've, a chance that they could sign Olmark in free yeah. agency, but the competition's a little higher. And you might as well throw uh, Peter Mrazek in there, too, mm-hmm. because he's going to be UFA. But, you know, with Carolina's options, you don't want to waste that spot on him necessarily. You'd rather have the Jake Bean or the more yes. geeky. So I re- I'm with you on Olmark, and I think they protect him because they, they do want to try to resign him, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't care. They also didn't have a whole lot of other players. No, no. <laughs> We're protecting. So Tukarski, I think, was one of them. <laughs> yeah, so why not go ahead and protect him? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't rule that name out yet. I wouldn't rule that. The fact that he hasn't resigned yet, he's still out there. And there is a connection in Seattle with Andrew Allen, who was his goalie coach in Buffalo, who's now a scout with the yeah. Kraken. So I, I would love to have that guy. I think he's one of the better options that are out there right now. And honestly, this team is going to look better than I think a lot of people even expected, even I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And now the goalies are like, the thought of going to an expansion team, obviously Vegas was an exception, but as a goalie, do you really want to go to an expansion team where you expect the talent to be less and therefore you're getting shelled every night? But the team that they draft might look pretty good. And then the goalies going like, you know what? That team looks pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. And so all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, they might consider it. The team is looking good and we have not even drafted anything as you, I believe, tweeted today, John. So uh, championship, yeah, championship. They, Let's <laughs> plan the parade route. Things are looking <laughs> pretty good uh you know I, I honestly it's been an interesting roller coaster here these last few days as like i said the trades were a little scary i thought that a lot of the good talent that we had our eyes on were you know just dwindling away and then all of a sudden we started to see what was actually left out there I was like holy crap these are legitimate <laughs> legitimate players kraken yeah. have a chance to build something really really special here from the beginning uh we have a lot more coverage coming your way both on soundofhockey.com and on this podcast this week uh, we will certainly have another episode at some point uh enjoy the expansion draft folks coming up on wednesday it's going to be a very fun week I think. And, uh, you know, just, uh, just enjoy the ride and don't forget post expansion draft party at Petoskey's. Oh, if yeah. you just want to grab a beer and yeah. like give hugs and celebrate and, and plan the parade route. That's right. We need some help. Swing on by. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. Love it. Uh, love all of you. Love both of you guys that I'm talking to. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> happy birthday to me. Uh, thank yeah, you for listening. Hey, Darren, go back in the pool, man. To this yeah. brief bonus episode. We'll talk to you all for episode 147 later this week. Cheers. Cheers.